When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey friends, welcome to Spiced Chaos. This is just a little baby mini-sode. That's right, it's mini-sode time with your hosts, Caitlin from Creating in Chaos. And over there is Leanne from Spice Plan. Wow, that was a really good intro. I know, we're so <laughs> smooth. We might actually be professional. We are so smooth. Um, it will That will never happen again. Um, no. Was a yeah, it almost sounded it sounded like we practiced that, didn't it? I know. <laughs> we totally did not. We We've did actually not. had like kind of weird stuff happening in like our personal lives. So maybe we just need to be a hot mess and then our intro will be perfect. <laughs> yes. As if we are struggling in our day-to-day lives, the podcast thrives. Perfect. Ooh, did you hear that rhyme? <laughs> yes, I love that. English teacher, get it. <laughs> okay, so today is going to be an interesting mini-sode because we did not ask you guys a question. We forgot. But, yeah, well, we <laughs> forgot. I know. But uh, several of you have mentioned that you like to listen to us talk about food. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we have a tendency to kind of go on and on when we get on food topics. It's like we're literally in love with food. Yes. And it's like anytime that we ask y'all a question and y'all give us an answer that has anything to do with food, we spend like a lot of time discussing food when we're talking about those answers. So we have had more than one person say, oh, my gosh, we love it when you talk about food. So what we did was we found on just a random website, 22 random questions about food. Yeah. And they're pretty good. There's some good ones on here. Yes, but we are not going to answer all 22 of them. No, we don't have time for that. We both have other things we have to do today. Yes, we do have a lot to do today. So um, I'm going to let Caitlin start, and she's going to pick a question and ask me, and then we're both going to answer it. And then I'll pick a question, and we'll both answer it. And we'll go back and forth until we feel like it's time to go. Okay. So (laughs) does that sound good to you, Caitlin? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Okay. All right. So do you know which question on this list is your favorite one or which one do you want to, to ask me first? Down. I do know which one I want to ask you first. Okay. All right, go ahead. Oh, there we go. Okay. It's question number 21. So I'm going to almost start from the bottom. In okay. general, how do you feel about organic food? <laughs> oh, have you been waiting to ask me this? I have. I have been. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, that'll be really good to talk about. Um, you know what? I don't really have any feelings one way or the other about organic food. Yeah. Um, I I kind of believe in the fact that non-organic, is it non, non-organic? I think it's called conventional. Okay. So conventional, um, you know, pesticide-filled foods. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, they have definitely contributed to some hormonal changes in children. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think, in fact, I was watching this television show the other day and it's called euphoria and it's on HBO. 
Oh, okay. And one of the girls was talking about the size of her chest and how she mm-hmm. wished that she had bigger breasts, right? Oh, yeah, okay. And the girl that she was talking to was like, well, you've got to get your parents off of that organic food. Oh, <laughs> okay. She was like, the other food has all the stuff in it that, that makes you grow things. And I was like, I have never really heard it put that way. But, you know, I, I definitely I understand why people decide, OK, these children are only going to eat organic food because we don't want all these like weird hormones and stuff like running through our kid's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and for us, for so for us, it's more than that. And like just a little backstory about us at our at our house, we only buy organic groceries. That's all we buy here. Um, and so for us, it started because our oldest child has like a super sensitivity to artificial food coloring. So we noticed that like there was a correlation between her behavior and anytime she had something that was like bright blue or like bright red uh, when she was little, that would include like candy drinks, all that stuff. So we started there by just like removing the food coloring. And then like my husband got really excited and he watched this movie called Food Matters. And like we started down this like whole health like rabbit hole. And so then we decided we're only going to do organic groceries. And so that's that's the reason why we do it and we feel like it's just a gift that we can give to our kids while they're little if they choose to like eat a whole pack of oreos or skittles or something when they leave us like that'll be their choice but we feel like we've kind of like given them them this as their gift as their kids you know yes and for me as a person who has struggled with food my entire life Mm -hmm. when i had my first child i decided I'm going to make his baby food and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to try to keep him super healthy. Mm -hmm. And then the universe sent me the pickiest eater on the planet. Oh no, that's so hard. And it's it's like, there was never a time when I could really start, um, like we're going to do all organic because he won't eat like vegetables. Like, you know what I mean? Like, See, and my kids, my kids are the total opposite. They will literally eat anything you put in front of them. It could be salad. They drink a green juice every day. Like it doesn't matter. (laughs) They just really like food. See, that is so, that is so special and important because I don't have that with my oldest. Mm -hmm. Now, Hannah will eat almost anything. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if we make dinner and, uh, you know, and I put vegetables and stuff on her plate, like she usually will eat that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I have tried to remember is that when they're older and they have, I don't know, more brains about them, they will learn what is good to eat and what is not. Mm-hmm. Or they, they will continue eating whatever they want. You know? Yes. They will, they will have the same struggle that mm-hmm. so many other people have choosing between, do I want something healthy today or do I want something not healthy today? Mm-hmm. So they will eventually kind of be, I don't want to say normal eaters, but they'll be able to make their own choices and they will be educated enough to decide, okay, so everything I want to eat is organic or I'm only going to eat chicken nuggets for the rest of my life or, you know, (laughs) whatever. But I I really think that, you know, when, when Daniel is 16 and 17 years old and he's like trying to take some girl out on a date, that's it. Exactly. It could be be a boy, anybody, anybody he wants to take out on a date. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be out on dates with people and where are they going to go? Okay. Well, right. the only place that we can go eat is Chick-fil-A. Right. My, so my brother is also a very picky eater. He choked on a hot dog when he was little, like a piece of a hot dog and like it traumatized him. And so he like 
for a while was only eating like carnation instant breakfast and like peanut butter and honey sandwiches, like very picky eater. But he, so when he started, he met his fiance who is half uh, Latina. She was like, can you like eat an avocado? Like, can you just do that? Like we're going to my parents' house, like please stop this. And so now he he eats other things because Sarah makes him. Yes. Yes. See that's I just, I have confidence that that's what's going to happen to Daniel. Yeah. Well, and now my brother, he also has ulcerative colitis, which is similar to Crohn's disease. And uh, so he has to eat other things also to like balance out his digestive tract. So things all work out in in the end for these picky eaters. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen with Daniel, but I'm just Mm -hmm. feeling like, okay, so it's going to be like senior prom night. Right. (laughs) And they're going to be all dressed up in like their dresses and tuxedos. And they're going to be trying to go out to a fancy dinner and there's not going to be anything that the restaurant that Daniel can eat. Right. And he'll say, mom, can you pack me a chocolate sandwich? Yeah. Can you pack me a Nutella sandwich to go (laughs) while I'm going to the prom? Like I just, I, I really think that when he's around other people, that are, you know, his age, when peer pressure yeah. really starts to kick in, mm-hmm. that, you know, things will change. So I'm just kind of hoping <laughs> for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right. So that's our spiel on organic food. No judgment, though, from me anyway. If you don't buy organic food, this is just what works well for my family. So, right. No no, she's, listen, there. you guys, Caitlin <clears throat> has never judged me with my yeah. Nutella sandwiches and chicken nuggets and <laughs> you know, true goldfish. Like, and sometimes not bunnies. like over the summer, I bought an entire box of Twinkies and hid them from my children and I ate them. <laughs> yeah. So she's really, careful. <laughs> she's really careful about what she feeds her children, but it's not so much for herself. Hashtag moms be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my question that I want to ask you, where did it go? Um, oh no, this is a long list, you guys. So just bear with us. Um, lost it. Dang it. I lost it. Okay. So I will just, here it is. Here it is. Okay. When cooking for you and yours, what kinds of experiments have you tried? Oh, geez. Okay. So again, with my sort of high maintenance family, they are also lactose intolerant. Uh, and one of my, like my youngest is also, we think he has a gluten sensitivity. He for sure has an oat sensitivity. So I've had to like do a lot of dairy free substitutions and stuff because I still like to make things like, you know, I don't know. It's like comfort food. So like, I love to make tuna casserole and Mm -hmm. that is, that's pretty milk heavy in their recipe. And like, I've had to learn how to make recipes without any cheese in them and still make it taste good. So those are like the big creative things that I've had to do. Well, that's, I think that because of your, I don't want to call them dietary (laughs) restrictions, Yeah. but when you are faced with having children that have, you know, special eating needs, um, you have to experiment. Right. You know, you kind of have to. You have to figure out what works and how can I make this, um, you know, vegan mac and cheese so that it doesn't have any gluten or any dairy in it. So, that oh. you know, and that's that's definitely experimenting in the kitchen. For sure. Yeah. And like one year for Harrison's birthday, we wanted to make him like a gluten free birthday cake. And I tried like four different organic gluten-free box mixes to make sure that it tasted correct because I have I love I actually like gluten-free pastries and stuff but it has to be the right you know mixture it has to be correct yes well I mean seriously the gluten-free world 
has mm-hmm. grown so much over the past, what, 10 years? Right. And vegan. Like, there's a lot of vegan products out there, too, that are actually very delicious. Yes. And there are restaurants that I order from frequently that you can, like pizza places, where you can choose the vegan gluten-free crust or the yeah. vegan cheese or... You know, I I haven't done any of those things, like as far as my ordering, but when I, the only thing that I've ever experimented, I feel like that I've done a lot of experiments in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I really love getting a new cookbook and like reading the cook. I can read a cookbook from like cover to cover. <laughs> See, and I am like, can I just Google one recipe, please? Like HelloFresh, I love because they like give you those recipe cards so you get to save them. I just like the one-off thing. I do not like reading the whole thing to like find the right recipe. No, I do like a good cookbook. And there was, um, okay, so there's this, she's not a chef. She's more, I want to say she's more like an influencer. Some of you may have heard of her. Her name is Lisa Lillian. I don't know her. Mm -mm. Well, she writes books called Hungry Girl. Oh, okay. And she takes like comfort food and, and recipes that, that, you're familiar with mm-hmm. and uses things to make them like lower calorie, lower fat. Like if you're on a diet, like the hungry girl is the right place to go for your recipes. The only issue is, and this is getting to another question that's on this list is that a lot of the stuff that she used in like her early, early cookbooks mm-hmm. were those like processed, low fat, low cal kind of ingredients. Right. Okay. And people have kind of started steering more towards clean eating yeah like paleo and organic yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she has recently released cookbooks that take those same recipes and makes them healthier but with clean foods so oh, she's, that's fun yeah so she's trying you know to keep the same i guess branding that she had before but make it you know work for modern eaters right and um so I've made a lot of recipes from cookbooks and I do enjoy reading cookbooks, but I, I also really like what you said about, um, you know, taking things that normally have a lot of gluten and dairy in them and creating a gluten dairy free alternative. So I made brownies once out of chickpeas. Oh, nice. Yeah. The chickpea flour is actually really good. Two well, thumbs up would recommend this. This recipe was just open up your can of chickpeas and put it in the food processor. Oh, really? Yeah. And there there were a lot of other ingredients, too. And there were, you know, like there was a sweetener in it that was not sugar. I think it was some kind of agave, some, I don't know, something. Mm-hmm. And um, and then chocolate chips are pretty much gluten-free. <laughs> they are 100% gluten-free. So, you know, it was like I made these like chocolate chip brownie bars out of chickpeas. Yum. Were and they I good? Was, yes. I was so proud of how that turned out. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So, you know, but one of the things that can I, can I just take like a little mini rant about recipe blogs? Yes. Okay. If you're going to have a recipe blog, just put the recipe up there. We don't need your 400 page life story about how that one time when you made this. Right. A dove flew out of the sky (laughs) and landed on your family and then you were instantly pregnant and, you know, whatever, like some kind of crazy story. Or if you do put that, put it at the bottom, put the recipe at the top. Yes. Like I don't need some kind of lengthy explanation as to like why this recipe changed your life every single time (laughs) I'm trying to look for a recipe in a blog. And I get it that blog posts are supposed to be like you writing about your life. Like I understand that. Mm -hmm. But 
I don't know. I just, I get so irritated because I'll, I'll Google a recipe and then I find it and I have to scroll 12 pages before I finally get to the ingredient list. Oh, yes. I, I am also on the same page. I'm like, yeah, can I, I'm trying to cook right now. My kids are screaming in the background. I really just need the recipe. Like, help me out. Yeah. I really don't need to read about, not, not that I don't want to hear or know about like people's family and how my grandmother passed this down from World War II or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, when I'm in a hurry, normally when I Google a recipe, it's because oh my gosh, I just got a wild hair and I really want to make this. And I just pull up the first recipe that pops up on Google. Exactly. Or I have ground turkey, asparagus, and one onion, and I need to know what I can make. (laughs) Hey, there's an app like that. Did you know that? Yes, I I think I have that app. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I don't remember either. But it's like you tell it what you have in your pantry and then it gives you recipes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But that's that's why I'm Googling recipes most of the time. I'm on Pinterest and I'm like, chicken thighs cream of chicken soup, <laughs> mushrooms, and like whatever else I have. Like my kids and are starving, lemon. help and, me. <laughs> and I have one lemon. Can I add this lemon? Yeah, and one lemon. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a butternut squash if we need to throw that in there. <laughs> so you get like cream of mushroom, cream of chicken, <laughs> butternut squash, lemon casserole. Could be a soup also. I could see that going as a soup. Oh, yes. I could name a lot of soups. Yes. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite things to make because I can make a giant pot of soup in my Instapot and have that be like leftovers for days and just have it be comfort food. And you could have it with a sandwich. You could have it with a slice of bread. You could have it. You could have a salad. You could have it in a train. You could have it on a plane. (laughs) In a box. box. (laughs) Makes soup and like freezes it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. And then you know, every couple of weeks she'll like pull out one of those soups that she made and, and thought yeah. out. And, um, she brought me a lot of those freezer meals too. I need to get better at that. That's what, that would save me a lot of time if I did freezer meals. Those freezer meals. Yes. Oh my gosh. Have you seen the Pinterest on those? Yeah, I really have. People go hard for those. People do. Oh my gosh. They're like 35 duck bags that you can make on, on Sunday that will yeah. feed you for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you totally could. Yeah, I know, but gosh, it takes so much shopping and so much planning and so much work. And I just—I'm not a meal prepper. Stand up for that many hours and cook in the kitchen. It's like Thanksgiving every friggin' week or something. Yeah, I'm just—I'm not. I I really. And then see, my what I don't understand is okay. So you have the the, you have the meal in the freezer, okay? Like you have the big, you know, gallon Ziploc bag with like your chicken and all the ingredients in it. You can't just open that and toss that into your. Yeah, because we all need to cook at different times. You have to thaw that out. That's true, and that is my struggle too. Like sometimes it'll be like four o'clock, and I'll be like, "Dang it, I did not take the chicken out. It's tuna casserole tonight." Because yeah, thank you. That is that is my problem with the dump bag situation because I want to do that and like have these like perfect bags of meals like stacked up in my freezer Mm -hmm. but if I decided to cook one it wouldn't be thawed I don't remember to thaw anything in the instapot if you have one you can cook it frozen I know but when it's been laying down in a plastic bag you can't even fit it in the instapot what I would do in that scenario I think I would run it under hot water for like 10 minutes and then dump it in my instapot and let it go (laughs) That's what would happen. Because then it would be at least malleable, you know? 
yeah does that work out does it work out like, I have not tried that but I can run an experiment if any of our listeners are interested <laughs> okay all right so moving on what's Caitlin, your next question how are you enjoying your subscription to the yay day paper company I love it. Since we can't leave the house right now, it's been so nice to have a digital service available for my crafting needs. I feel the same. Anytime I feel the urge to make something new, I I just log into my Yay Day Paper Company account and there's tons of fun ideas there. And because it's a monthly subscription service, they add more stuff every few weeks that I can play with. I never get bored. Yes, and I don't feel like I'm breaking the bank because the monthly cost is so affordable. Plus, if I ever get stuck or feel like I don't know what to do, they have videos, online tutorials, and product guides built into the website, so I always find the help I need. Girl, I have needed those tutorials more than once. So have I, but the learning is what makes it so much fun. I know, and right now, Spiced Chaos listeners can subscribe for less than everyone else. Yes, they can. Use code SPICEDYAY to save $5 off a year-long Yay Day subscription and code SPICEDYAY15 to save 15% off anything in their online shop. That's right. Go sign up now, everyone. We're off to craft. Hey, Caitlin. Yes, girl. Aren't you sick and tired of not being able to find trendy and cute plus-size clothes? Oh, girl, yes. I hate only being able to buy moo-moos and tents. <laughs> well, those days are over because I just found the cutest online boutique. Wait, is it Chic Soul? Yes, how did you know? Because I already shop there and I can't believe how adorable everything is. I know. I just got my first order and every single thing fit me perfectly. That never happens. Oh, I believe it. Chic Soul has tops, dresses, rompers, jeans, leggings, basically everything. And the clothes actually fit a plus-size woman between sizes 12 to 24. Exactly. They aren't just regular clothes made bigger. These are clothes that are tailor-made to fit plus-size bodies. And guess what? Chic Soul has teamed up with Spice Chaos to offer our listeners 15% off. That's right. Enter promo code SPICED15 to save 15% at ChicSoul.com. That's promo code S-P-I-C-E-D-1-5 for 15% off. Happy, Happy shopping. Okay, my next question. Oh, dang. I am 100% not prepared. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. What foods, if any, do you like to mix that other people might find strange? Oh. It's a good one. That is a good one. Um... I have one I, while you're thinking, if you don't have one off the top of your head. I really like peanut butter and bacon. It's peanut butter, it will make any strange food combination work out well. I My uh, strange food combination was also going to involve peanut butter. What else? Peanut butter and what? Okay, so my dad calls it, it's like a famous family recipe, so you're welcome. It's called mm-hmm. a waffle sandwich. Uh And, okay, so you take two toaster waffles. My parents prefer Eggo, but if you want to get the store, organic brand, whatever. Uh, Two toaster waffles, peanut butter on both waffles, just one Mm -hmm. side. An over easy or runny, like however you want to do it, an over easy egg in the middle. Mm. Syrup on top. And that's it. And then you cut it with a fork? You can cut it with a fork. Yeah, you obviously cannot pick that up. No. Oh, I mean, you could dip it in in the syrup. You could dip it, but the egg makes it pretty messy, too. I definitely okay. recommend a fork. 
Okay, well, I mm, I want to say I'll give that a try because I you really should. do like peanut butter and bacon together. Yeah, it's really good. But I don't know. And then I also, and this is not that unusual. A lot of people do this, but sometimes when I get French fries, I really like to just mix ketchup and mayonnaise together. Uh-huh. I like ketchup and mustard together with my chicken nuggets. That's a fave. Wait, mixed ketchup and mustard together? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never tried that. It's very good. It's like a little tangy and a little sweet. Oh, okay. So I'm going to move on to <laughs> this question because mm-hmm. I know that you guys do a lot of this at your house. Okay. Okay. When you prepare salad for yourself, do you rip your greens or do you cut them? Uh, we cut them or we food process them. It depends on how much salad we're making. Okay, well, explain, because you can't food process iceberg lettuce. Well, we don't use iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> so we go for the darker leafy greens, but that's honestly personal preference. That's what I would get anyway, because mm-hmm. I grew up eating iceberg lettuce at my house with my parents, and I was never really a fan of salad then. But then I would I left for college, and I would get salad bar every day with, like, the red lettuce and the green lettuce and all of that. But we mostly make kale salads. That's what we like to do. And we grow lots of kale and collard greens and stuff. Um, So that's primarily what we use. But we throw those through the, like, the, we have a stand mixer with the, like, cutting attachment. And so that's Uh usually what we do. Okay. So you, so you chop it up real fine, but not, not like a, see, that isn't, I don't know, like that, that, that confuses me because for me, Uh salad is like. I'm not saying that all salad is iceberg lettuce. I love a spinach salad. I love, yeah. what is that? What is that one? Arugula? Oh, arugula is good. We have arugula in our garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of different types of lettuce that I like. It's just, yeah. you know, when I think of salad, I think of like big bites of lettuce. Yeah, we do. So if we're doing lettuce, it's going to be like a romaine or like a green leafy situation or like an arugula. Uh, I think we're a little bougie about lettuce, apparently. <laughs> and I, I just hard chop that with the knife with like, like you're saying, like a big piece. But for the kale, it goes small pieces. Okay. All right. Well, maybe next time you eat one of those kale salads, take a picture of it and send it to me so I'll know what I'm, what I'm dealing with here. I'll post it on my stories. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, I cut mine with a knife. Yeah. But when I do like herbs and stuff mm-hmm. when I put like fresh herbs in my salad or in my food, I, I rip that with my hands. I have never been one that's going to get caught trying to like chop up parsley with a knife or chop up cilantro. I just put the, I just put it like straight into the recipe. Just, I pick it off the, the leaves. and I mean, I pick it off the stem and just put it right in. Like I never, I never chopped that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I will chop basil. Basil's kind of big. Yeah, and I like chopped cilantro. If you're going to have cilantro and anything, I like that smaller. Okay, because you don't want, like, whole cilantro leaves. <laughs> exactly, like, hanging out in my teeth or something. Oh, I do. I want a whole cilantro <laughs> in my mouth. Oh, you do? See, I, I like love it's a little a little smidge of cilantro. <laughs> I love cilantro, and I love to get a salsa at a restaurant that is, like, heavy on the cilantro flavoring. Mm-hmm. But there are people that hate it. Oh, yeah, there are some people. It's actually a genetic trait that it tastes like soap to them. Well, that is so sad. And I'm so happy that I don't have that. (laughs) Me too. It's very sad. 
because I thoroughly enjoy cilantro and I like it in my salad. I, what I like to do is I like to make a salad and put a lot of cilantro on it. And instead of using salad dressing, just put salsa on it. Oh yeah. You like almost a taco salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just not with like, I don't, I mean, it doesn't always have to have like taco shells or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't um, have to be in like that taco shell bowl. <laughs> yeah. But just to have like kind of a Mexican inspired salad. I love that. Yeah, so that's very good. Okay, you okay. okay, you're up. I'm ready. Are there any recipes that have been passed down through the generations in your family? Have you passed them to anyone outside your family or are they a closely guarded secret? Um Okay, so I feel like that the recipes that I know of from my grandmother, from like my mom's mom, so many of those I 100% believe she got off the packages of like the soup you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's like a specific recipe that just like, Oh my gosh, only your grandmother would make this. And here's how you make it. And we're giving you the recipe because I mean, there were a lot of dishes that I know how to make that she used to make like chicken casserole and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But all of those recipes, I feel like you can get those recipes off like the back of the cream of chicken soup can. Right. Or, uh-huh. um, so I don't necessarily feel like that they're, they, they have been passed down to me, but I don't feel like that they were passed down to me from anywhere other than like a Campbell's soup or like a Nestle Toll House package or, you know, like I really don't know that any of her recipes were mm, antique, if you, if you will. Yeah. Okay. And what about you? Do you guys have so, any recipes? We have two big ones that come to mind. So the first one, uh, my grandmother would make, and it was called German potato salad. So instead of like your regular like yellow potato salad, it's more, it has like a vinegary base and you use red potatoes and celery and bacon. And it's very delicious. Uh, it's not a closely guarded secret. So I'm happy to share the recipe if anybody wants it. And then she also, every year, instead of making pumpkin pie, she made pumpkin cheesecake. Oh. So that was, and it was like a whole thing. Like she had to have the spring form pan and like it was a whole process. But oh, on the bar, that, like, sounds, that sounds really good. It was very good. So, and I always preferred that obviously because <laughs> number one, it took like 10 hours to make. And then number two, because I don't really like pumpkin pie very much. A pumpkin pie needs a crunch. It needs something. Yeah. And this one has like a graham cracker style crust. And yeah, it's just, it's very good. Highly recommend. <laughs> nice. Well, I I definitely love all types of cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And a pumpkin cheesecake sounds amazing. Um, way better than pumpkin pie for sure. For sure. Yeah. But there are people out there that, you know, it is pumpkin time. Like, it is time. It is, it is October. Like, we are in October, guys. We made we are. it. It's time to get your pumpkins for Halloween if you haven't gotten them yet. Yes, get those pumpkins. But I love um, pumpkin crisp is what my mother makes. Ooh, that sounds good. And it has the, I want to say that the, that the crust, okay. So, you know how when... And, and you can really make this in, you know, with anything, mm-hmm. but you can take like a yellow box cake mix mm-hmm. and you can spread it all over the top of like, so you take like pie filling and you put it in the pan or you put right. it in the, the, the dish and then you just put the dry cake mix on top of it. 
mm-hmm. and then put like butter pats like all Ooh, around, like, all yes. along it. The more butter, the better. Yes, and then when you bake that in the oven, it makes this like crust on top that is so good. And that is one of the things that she always, that she makes, she makes this pumpkin crisp that has like a yellow cake mix bottom. And then it has like all these pecans and crunchy things on the top. And like, it's, it's kind of like a pumpkin pie, but it has like a crunchy texture to it. Mm, That sounds bomb. I will be at your house for Thanksgiving. Yes. I will send you the recipe for that. If my mom knows where it is again, it wasn't handed down from generation. Mm -hmm. I don't know where she got it from. Probably like good housekeeping magazine or something. Um, okay. So my next question for you, and we only have time for like, yeah, this should be our last one. Yeah. So my, my last question, um, have you ever thrown spaghetti against the wall to test for doneness? No. Why would you do that when you can just eat it? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I'm not Italian if that's like an Italian thing, but why would you waste a noodle when you can just eat a bite of it? Like yum. Yeah, I know. Apparently, if it sticks to the wall, it's done. Also, that sounds like extra cleaning that I just don't want to do because I put oil in my spaghetti water. And so I don't want to like, throw something oily against I don't wall. want like, to just throw food at my wall. And what about, I mean, like, do you sanitize the wall first? Right. Um, and then that gets a whole thing going for the children. They're like, oh, yeah, we do this every time. We're going to just throw food. And then it's like a whole thing. Yes. Well, I am really, uh, listen. When it comes to pasta, and this is why I asked this question. Yeah. Because when it comes to pasta, I can't win. Oh, no. I either overcook that pasta where it's like mushy and it doesn't have a good texture, or I pour it out into the colander and it's still like crunchy. <laughs> Sad. And you would think that an educated individual like myself could mm-hmm. fix pasta, could make pasta. Yeah. All you have to do is boil water and dump it in. It's true. But every time it's either too done or too underdone or, and then once you put your sauce on it, you can't put it back in that boiling water. You cannot. That's very true. You just have to chew that undone pasta. Just chew it. I mean, you got to check it along the way. I think that's maybe, I think you're trying to multitask. If I, if I know you. Yeah, that's, that's the problem is that I put it in. And I think, and what I do is I set a timer on the, okay. on the stove so that I'll, you know, so that when it beats, the pasta should be done. But I think that I set it for like, not, I think I set it for too long or not long enough. Are you also, okay. Do you let the water boil first and then put your pasta in? Oh yes. I wait okay. till the water is in a rolling boil. And then I, put I, it in. I dated this guy in college that the water was cold and he dumped his pasta in there. And then he's like, yeah, this will be fine. And I was like, who taught you anything? Like, what are you doing? And then what? Did he just wait for it to come to a boil? After yeah. That? And then after that, you let it boil for like two or three minutes. It was, I mean, it was fine. We were in college and I'm pretty sure it was like top ramen or something. So it wasn't like we were making anything super fancy, but so it was fine. <laughs> I yeah. was just like, you need to do this different next time. Yeah. And you know that you can eat ramen noodles not cooked. Oh, God. I can't even eat ramen noodles anymore after eating them so much in college. Well, see, I don't really mind the ramen noodles themselves. I like the noodles. I don't need the package that comes with it. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I don't need the, like, the, the, I like to, I like to make dishes with ramen in it uh-huh. because I like the little curly noodles. 
Did you know you can get some of those? And they, these are actually a gluten-free product at Costco. I don't know if your Costco has them, but the ones that at our Costco are like a gluten-free ramen and they are so good. And I use those all the time. Wow. So you have then been experimenting with all of like the gluten-free pasta yeah. um, offerings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's pasta made out of like beets and pasta made out of <laughs> like, the, yeah. there's so many different things. I would say the rice out of. The rice flour base is a good one because especially if you're making some sort of like um, like Asian dish, those are usually pretty good. Like a pad thai noodle is anyways like a rice noodle. Um, and then if you're going to make like if you're looking for an alternative for like a spaghetti noodle, I do really like the um, oh, what were you just talking about? Garbanzo bean flour mixed with the rice flour. There's like a combo one that I get and mm-hmm. I do really that one I feel like it holds up some of them I found that like when you boil them they get really like squishy does that make sense like well, texture is a problem because yeah. you know I know that they're that the food industry is trying to make a pasta that is gluten-free that has the same texture as regular mm-hmm. pasta yeah and that's tough that's tough to do yeah I do feel like this ramen that I have found at Costco definitely wins it has similar texture to other ramen so we're going to have to continue this some other time because one we of the are. things that we didn't talk about at all was cheese. Well, we talked about it a little bit and how I can't use cheese, but I do love it. Well, I know that you can't use cheese, but I I, I, I just wish that we had more time to just talk about cheese. Like, I know. I mean, I like all the cheese. I like the cheese it, that you make the cheese it's out of. I like the mm-hmm. cheese that you make, you know, do you... Mac and cheese, runny cheese, um, warm queso. cheese, cold cheese. <laughs> yes, dipping cheese, queso and fondue. We were just queso. talking about this last night. Yes, queso and fondue cheese. Like all, we are definitely cheese fans. But I, I feel like that none of these questions that we got to today had anything to do with cheese. So, um, True. but I want to thank the people that listened that asked us, you know, talk about food because that was kind of entertaining for us because we do <laughs> yeah. like to talk about food. Yeah, but, um, we are curved ladies and we like food. But we are coming up against the end of our time because we do have jobs and we both have meetings in like four minutes. So yep. we're going to let you guys go. Thank you, Caitlin, for answering all the food questions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Bing. Yes, that was so much fun. Yeah. And um, anybody who has any kind of idea for minisodes, talk about this, talk about that. Just send us the request and tell us, make a minisode about this. Mm-hmm. And we will do it because that this has been really fun. Totally. So everybody have the most wonderfulest weekend <laughs> that you possibly can. Um, happy yeah. Friday to everyone out there. And we do love you. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye, friends. Bye.